I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If this word is for you, why don't you celebrate the word of God this evening? What is the word for the year 2019? Sorry? You are my Jehovah, my Ebenezer. And what does Ebenezer mean? The Lord, my helper. Every time that the word of God comes forth, it is not just a cliche. It is not just, oh, what shall we tell them this year? I remember I saw a cartoon years ago of a man of God that prophesied and told the congregation that this year was their year. But that year was a very bad year. And in the cartoon, they showed the boys with, you know, sledgehammers and cutlasses. And they were waiting outside the door of the pastor to say, Shebi, you are the one that told us that this year will be our year. But, you know, but that is not the case here. Jehovah, our Ebenezer. When God says, I am your helper, it is because he already knows what is coming. On Sunday, we had the man of God stand here, tell us about the economy. He broke it down, and from everything he said, the truth of the matter is, if something in you did not quake a little bit, then there's something wrong. I'm sure everybody would have gone back to say, you know what, so men and brethren, what shall we do? How do we run 2019? You know, some things are, are not within your power. You can't change the price of fuel by yourself. There are some things that are not within your control. There are certain things that are out of your league to even dictate what's going to happen. But I don't think there's anything that is out of the control of Jehovah. And the one that has everything under control is saying to us this evening, Fear not. Fear not. Now you may look at yourself and you may look at yourself like a worm. I don't know how much weaker you can be than a worm. Below a worm, I don't know what is weaker. Can anybody help me? Below a worm, I don't know what is weaker. You may look at yourself, you may look at your circumstance, you may look at your situation and you ask yourself, I am but a worm in this area. How can I deal with this? It doesn't have to be in finance. It doesn't have to be in your career. It could be any part of your life where you consider yourself very vulnerable. Before we go too far in this conversation this evening, I want you to take a moment and write five areas that make you afraid when you think about it. It could be about yourself. It could be about the economy. It could be about your family. You know, I want you to just... Take out two minutes. Just write down five areas. Scribble down five areas and when your, when your heart goes there, something squeezes inside of you. Something that makes you uncomfortable. When you think about it, you're like, ah, this thing. You know, sometimes you just, you know, you go out there, you have a good time, you hope to forget. And something happens and triggers your memory again. You remember, ah, this thing is still there. What are those things? Please write them down. God is saying tonight he's dealing with that fear and we're coming out strong in the name of Jesus. Five areas. Five areas that you fear the most. That your heart quakes about the most. That you're worried about the most. 
you know, that, that you know, you just don't know what to do. You are the end of your wits. You've tried so many things, but you don't even know what else to do. And you consider yourself a worm. And God is saying, I am the Lord, your redeemer. I will help you. In the area of your weakness, I will help you because I am Jehovah. Above me, there is nobody. Anything that can resist you does not exist as long as Jehovah is concerned. You know, we fasted and prayed in January. And now for the rest of 11 months, we want to start seeing results. We don't want to be counting prayer points. We want to be counting testimonies. Some people are smiling and asking or wondering if I fasted as well. I fasted too. Yes, I fasted. We have, we have waited upon the Lord. We have looked upon the Lord who is called Jehovah Ebenezer. The Lord has spoken to us. We are not ready to be counting prayer points alone. We want to be counting testimonies. You will be counting testimonies in the name of Jesus. What is the purpose of prayer? Is it not answer? We are not praying because we want to fill a logbook and put in all our prayer points. No. Call upon me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Jeremiah 33 verse 3. We have not prayed so much so that the economy or the country or the situation around us will dictate how we will feel. We have not prayed so much so that when we now hear, you know, the sound of, of trouble out there, you know, we recall back into, our, into, into the places where we are hiding and we're just shaking, you know, because we don't suddenly know what to do. To know God as a Father Christmas, to know God as the big daddy upstairs does not help you. You have to know God as a covenant-keeping God. Understanding that God is a God of principle, that he is a covenant-keeping God, is the key that can unlock any door in your life. When you have the key to any door, you gain mastery of that entrance. Have you seen a man with the key to a door and is confused and he doesn't know what to do? Tonight, the Lord will lay the keys of a kingdom into our hands and we shall go out there and prosper and take dominion in the name of Jesus. Brethren, the kingdom of God operates in keys. The Lord is saying, fear not. I will help you. You are warm and you feel incapable. I've got your back because I am your redeemer. You feel so, so, so lost as to what to do. You've tried so many things and you got to the, to the, to the shores of 2019 and just when you thought that, okay, let's, let's get this thing done and here comes some negative prophecies about 2019 or negative things people have said will come to pass in 2019 and you're wondering, how do we go through 2019? The fact of the matter, if you look at economics, the economics of Nigeria, if you listen to Bismarck Rewani, your heart will fail you. 
your heart will literally fail you. Because nobody knows what's going to happen post-election. And, and things are going to go either way based on how the election, you know, based on the, the direction of the election. But for the children of God, who are not anchored on just a big daddy, they are anchored on the God of covenant. Should we also fear their fear? Should we also be quaking where others are quaking? Should we also be confused where others are confused? Tonight the Lord is strengthening somebody's heart in the name of Jesus. We're going to look at seven things we must do for us to enter into the realm of enjoying the Lord Jehovah our Ebenezer. And by the time we have gone through these seven areas, everything you have written on that list will totally disappear in the name of Jesus. Everything you have lit, written on that list will become like nothing in the name of Jesus. The Bible says in James chapter 2 verse 3, sorry, James chapter 4 verse 2 and 3, let's quickly read that. James chapter 4 verse 2 and 3. You lost and do not have, you murder and covet and, and cannot obtain, you fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. Verse 3. So we decided to ask. You ask and you do not receive. Why? Because you ask amiss. That you may spend it on your pleasure. And so the first thing we want to establish this evening is everything that you have asked the Lord. Is it just for your pleasure or is it for his pleasure? We ask and we do not receive because we ask that we may spend it on our pleasures. Tonight, the Lord wants to give us the keys to come out of the, the, the bondage of fear. The realm where a lot of people are still tied down and, and unable to come into the place of the prophetic declaration of the Lord. I want to say emphatically that every time the Lord speaks, the Bible says not one jot or a tittle of his word shall pass away. He does not speak a thing and return, returns back void unto him. The Bible says it must accomplish whatsoever he has said. So everything that is required to accomplish what the Lord has told you is contained in the word. Everything that is required. If the president gives a decree and says, you know what, we are going to arrest XYZ. He doesn't just speak that, oh, go and bring Mr. XYZ. Everything that is required to go to wherever the man lives and bring him to wherever they are meant to bring him to is contained in that instruction. And so when the president speaks, what happens? The police swing into action. Does he need to tell the police to swing into action? Does he need to tell the police? He doesn't need to tell the police. Once he speaks, the Nigerian army, they swing into action. Doesn't it to, you know, say Nigerian army, remember your oaths that you swore to your fathers and Nigerian navy, remember? Every time he speaks, everything that is required to deliver that instruction is contained in that order and decree. And so when Jehovah has decreed everything that you require, that at the end of 2019, you will lift your hand and say, truly, the Lord has been Jehovah my Ebenezer 
has been, has been delivered to you because it has been contained in the word and nothing can stop it in the name of Jesus. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. The first thing we want to consider here is be thankful. Remember we start by looking at a set of people that were so afraid that they considered themselves as worms. And the Lord said to them, do not be afraid. But the Lord is saying, because I'm a God of covenants, there is what I will do and there is what you will do. Draw close to me and I will draw nigh unto you. So there is what you must do. So we're going to go through seven things we must do. Seven ways we must position ourselves so that we can enter into that realm. So that you will no longer have the fear that you used to fear. Every time you look at the list, every time you remember that thing, your disposition is totally different because you understand God differently. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, mixed with what? Diced with what? With thanksgiving. So, we pray and we supplicate, but we don't do thanksgiving. We pray to God, we demand a lot of things from Him, we supplicate and all that, but we don't spend time giving thanks. The Bible says, when you have prayed, when you have supplicated, mix it with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. If you are not thankful, you cannot be thankful. The tank, the reservoir where you are expecting your blessing. If you are not thankful, you cannot be thankful. If you are not thankful, then you have just, you have just gone with your own formula. For those of us that are in mathematics, A plus B plus C equal to D. But you decide that A plus B, you remove the C, should be equals to D. But God is saying, I am a God of covenant. I am a God of principle. If you follow my principle, then it shall be to you according to my word. The problem is, we ask, but we ask amiss. Sometimes we don't know how to ask. But God is saying here, be anxious for nothing. It doesn't mean nothing can threaten you. It doesn't mean nothing can make you feel a little bit jittered. But the Bible says, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, not unto man. The first point of call is not a man. The first point of call is not your brother or your sister. The first point of call is let your request be made known unto God. But while you are praying, while you are supplicating, you need to spend time thanking him. Sometimes you thank him ahead for what he has already done because your heart has received it. You don't thank him because he has done it. Some of us, we say thank you after we have received something. It's only natural. Someone gives you something and say, oh, thank you. But what if someone tells you, thank you for what you're about to give me? 
God is committed to deliver to you what is yours when you thank him even before he has done it. And that was why every time Jesus was about to do some things, he would give thanks before the thing happened. And Jesus break bread and he gave thanks. He gave thanks and he, and he distributed the bread to the disciples and he distributed them to the, to the, um, um, to the crowd and he kept multiplying. But he didn't go out there to start praying and praying and praying. Oh God, do it. Oh God, he said, Father, we you. So maybe one of the missing recipe in your bono soup is the thanks. You know if you put magi and you put all that, but you don't put salt. Women, can you help me? You don't put salt. There's something missing. Can you put sugar in place of salt? It can be sweet now. Let's put sugar. Sugar makes things sweet now. But sugar in soup, what does it mean? Can you eat it? God's formula is prayer, supplication, plus... Plus what? Plus thanksgiving. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Intercession without appreciation will end in frustration instead of divine intervention. We need to learn to appreciate God. We need to learn to be thankful. And when we have given thanks, then the heavens open. The heavens will open unto us in the name of Jesus. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, from verse 18. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything, not for everything. You can't say, I hit my head on the wall, so I thank you, Lord, for hitting my head on the wall. Not for everything. But while you are in it, give thanks. Give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord. Have you seen people who every time you give them something, they thank you, but the way they even thank you, say, ah, hey, this is what you bought for me. How do you feel giving them something the next time? If you have kids and, and you know, there's some of them that are just not appreciative. Whatever you give them, they have this entitlement, you know, mentality. They feel that, after all, you gave birth to me. So if you get back to me, so you have to take care of me. Have you, have you heard that before? A lot of kids say it. Say, is it my fault? You brought me to this world, so you have to take care of me. Some of us feel that way to God. You saved me, so you have to take care of me. And anything, every time he does something, we don't even see it as anything. Oh, is that a testimony? Oh, that was luck. We categorize the mercies of God as luck, and God is just wondering. The Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. So the first thing we have looked at is to be thankful. The second thing I want to look at, the second key I want to drop in your hands is be joyful. Be joyful. What does it mean to be joyful? Can anybody help us? What does it mean to be joyful? I learned to be joyful a very hard way. Very hard way. I learned a big lesson. Can anybody help us? What does it mean to be joyful? I'm not saying happy. So you can you can check your dictionary. You can look at Thesaurus. You know. Okay, Mr. Lady. 
Aleluia. Doesn't matter what is going on, Ed or Taylor, I win and just rest in God. Okay, that, that's fine. Hold, hold on to the mic, please. Hold on to the mic. Now, I, I like that response, but it's a bit incomplete. Because I can ha- wear a long face. I'm resting, though. Favor of the Lord. Resting. Say, brother, what's wrong with you? Why are you not smiling? I'm just resting in the favor of the Lord. You know. So, how does it affect us? I mean, what does it... What does it how do we know someone who is joyful? Ah. Yeah, um... First of all, I think that if you are resting in the faithfulness of God, there's no way you go around carrying a long face. If you know the God that you are resting in, if you understand the person of God and you are resting in his faithfulness, there is some, there is, the Holy Spirit for, and the Holy Spirit for, uh, for once will, will stir up joy in your inside because I believe that, um, you can be happy because of something, you can be happy because of things, but, when, when you are joyful, you, you can actually not pin into something. You can't say you are, you are joyful because something happened. Joy comes from the Holy Ghost. And if I rest in the faithfulness of God, the Holy Spirit will stir up joy on inside and you'll be joyful. It will, it will show in your countenance, in what you say, to show that you are joyful. All right, praise the Lord. Can we celebrate her? It will show in your countenance. Joseph was in the prison. A man who was cheated of life. They lied against him. I mean, he didn't do anything wrong. I mean, he was even trying to honor his master. And he landed in prison. Here was a man rejected, dejected, I mean, supposedly. Or who had the right to be dejected. And he was the same man that would look at some prison, some prison inmates and say, Why are you looking sad? Can you be in a prison and talk to people in a fellow prison and ask them, Why is your countenance? This way. The kind of grace that Joseph carried was a grace that had deep joy. That even though there was no preacher, there was no pastor, there was nobody to even witness what had happened, and there was no hope that anything was going to change. Here was a man that was driven by his vision. Here was a man that was driven by what God showed him. But at every junction, it just seemed like things were going from bad to worse. And here was a man who was far away from his country. Far from his comfort zone. And yet, he looked at other people who were in the same predicament. And he was asking them, why is your countenance falling? Like Sister Lydie said, joy is something that only the Holy Ghost can produce. If you are joyful or happy because you are receiving some good alerts, then that is not joy. If you are only joyful or happy, the only time we see you smile is when someone pats you on the shoulder. That is not joy. The only time that we see you smile is when your husband, you know, has bought you a Valentine gift. That's the only time you are smiling. Hello, that is not joy. The only time we see you smile is when somebody, you know, just gives you a word of encouragement. That is not joy. 
Joel chapter 1 verse 12. Remember we're talking about taking hold of the keys that will help us enter into God's prophetic declaration for 2019, which is Jehovah, our Ebenezer, because God is saying, I will help you. I am here to help you, but there is a way you must position yourself for me to be able to help you. There are things you must do because I am a God of covenants. The moon only has to stay in position. The moon is lifeless, has no light. Men landed on the moon. And if you see the picture of the moon, it is dust. But only what the moon has to do is to stay in alignment with the sun. And that's all it has to do. It produces light. And so God is saying, if you can only be in alignment with my principle... Don't know me as sugar daddy. No. I'm a God of covenant. Listen to what I have said. Read my word. Understand the combination of my principle. As long as the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest shall not cease. You can't stop winter. You can't stop summer. You can't stop spring. I mean, it's the cycle that God has created. All you have to do is understand it. And position yourself. That's what the Lord is saying to us tonight. If we can position ourselves, understanding him as a God of covenant, we will not fear those fears anymore in the name of Jesus. The vine has dried up. And the fig tree has withered. The pomegranate tree. The palm tree also. And the apple tree. And the trees of the field are withered. Surely, this is the reason. Joy has withered away from the sons of men. When your joy withers away, your blessings wither away. When your joy disappears, when you, you can't think about God in, in the entirety of his faithfulness, when you are not resting in the faithfulness of God, it's only on what's happening. You are checking weather reports, you are checking your alerts, you are reading BBC, you are watching CNN, you are watching channels, you know, political view, you are all over the place checking Linda IKG, checking all these blogs, and all of that is just bouncing your joy around. There is no way you can enter into this Ebenezer matter we are talking about. Do you have a contribution or a question? Okay, please go ahead. I will say, with joy we shall draw water from the well of salvation. So, without joy, you really cannot draw from the well of salvation. So, if God gives you a word and says, "Is your Ebenezer here?" Eh? If um, so, because um, things are going on wrong, and then you come to the presence of God with your sad face, sad countenance. Um, sad everything, you really cannot draw from the well of salvation. That thing you actually, that actually went wrong, that you want it to be corrected, if you are going to get it corrected, somebody has to have to tell the Holy Ghost to help you stir up joy. With only joy, you will draw from the well of salvation. Praise God. Hallelujah. And we celebrate her, and that's found in Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3. Mom, can you help us? Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3. Therefore, with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of the salvation of God with joy. So maybe joy has been missing. Tonight the Lord will restore our joy in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I I woke up this morning after I finished praying. As in I prayed and everything I was praying for. Immediately when I finished praying, I checked my phone. I saw exactly what I did not want. And I said, ah, can I finish praying these long hours? And this is the only thing I could get. 
I wanted to break my keys. So I started dancing. I've got joy. And I was dancing. The children were looking at me. Mommy, are you okay? <laughs> this early morning. I've got joy. Like I was dancing. Some hours down the lane, who sent the message, said, called me. And he did far above what I even wanted him to do. So, when, the, when we are supposed to, to be sorrowful, when we're supposed to be sad, I think we're supposed to now wear, irrespective of whether what we want is coming to pass or not, deliberately and consciously be joyful. When we do that, I'm sure even the devil will just pack his bag and say, okay, let me just go. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Every time your heart is joyful, you create the atmosphere for answered prayers. I remember a situation I had many years ago in my life and I went through it at some point. My heart was very sorrowful. And I was praying and fasting. But my heart was heavy. Have you been at some point where your heart is heavy? But you're praying. But every time you think about that thing, your heart just sinks. It's like something just squeezes inside you. And you know, you, you can't tell anybody, but there's something inside that squeezes on you. But you're still praying. Ah, The moment you step out there, you're like, ah, God, this thing. And for as long as I remained in that condition, nothing happened. And I learned many years ago that God is very good at remaining silent. He's very good at watching you. Until you move your position, he will not move his position. Draw nigh unto me. That's the equation. And I will draw nigh unto you. God is a God of principle. We must learn that. And the equation of God, you can't change it. Draw nigh to me. Quit quarreling. Be joyful. When you are joyful means that you are leaning on him, on his promises. Even though you have the facts, but you know the truth. And the truth gives you confidence on your inside. And you're able to rise up to that occasion. Look at what she shared. You just finished praying. And something contrary, a contrary report lands on your phone. What are you supposed to do? The aim of the devil is to press you into a corner, to box you into a corner, to keep you morose, to take your joy from you. And once your joy is taken from you, you can no longer draw water out of the well. Even though you are praying and fasting, if joy is missing, because the root of joy is absolute confidence in Jehovah. You know, there are things I have prayed about. And then I see something like it happening. And I tell myself, but no, no, God, this is not the arrangement. This is not the agreement. Even though I am seeing what the thing is saying, but God, this is not what we discussed. And then later I now find out, oh, maybe I even read it wrongly. Or maybe where it came from, it has been reversed. The Lord will fill our hearts with joy in the name of Jesus. Number three, be praiseful. Be praiseful. Psalm 67 verse 5 to 7. Let the people praise you, O God. Psalm 67, verse 5. Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the people praise you. Verse 6. After they have praised you, after they have worshipped, then the earth shall yield her increase. And then God, even our God, 
shall bless us. And in verse 7, God shall bless us. And all the ends of the earth shall fear him. God is a God of principle. And that's why anytime he told the children of Israel to praise him, this was what he was effecting. He was telling them, I'm a God of principle. Every time you praise me, the earth must yield its increase. Quit waking up singing those boring songs. Quit waking up, you know, just reading some, some, some blog. You know, rise up to the praise of Jehovah. Let the people praise you. Let the people praise you, O God. Then shall the earth yield its increase. You must learn to praise God whether it is happening or whether it is not happening. You must learn to praise God whether it has happened or whether it has not happened. You must learn to praise God whatever you hear, whatever you see, you must learn to praise God. And when we praise him, the earth will yield its increase to us in the name of Jesus. The first thing we need to do is to keep speaking the reality of the answer that we're looking for. What you pray is important, but what you declare after you pray is more important. What you pray about is very good, but what you say after you have prayed is what God answers. Some of us will pray one thing, but when we speak, we are speaking a totally different thing. Oh boy, I found now, at the country, ah, country terrible, I don't know how to go take Duan. I don't know how to go take survive. You cannot be praying one thing and be declaring another thing. God hears what you declare, not just what you pray. If you don't know how to talk right, you will not know how to take right. If you don't know how to speak the right things, you will not know how to take. Some of us, because we want to blend, we want to feel like, yeah, we're being real. We want to feel like, yeah, we're, we're you know, flowing with what everybody's thinking. Then we decide to reduce ourselves to their experience. Everybody is a product of their experience. Everybody is a product of their knowledge. Everybody speaks what they know. You can't speak about what you don't know. And anyone who does not understand God as the God Jehovah Ebenezer cannot speak of him as Jehovah Ebenezer. But you who have fasted and prayed for how many days? Who have tasted of the Lord? You've had testimonies in the past. How dare you reduce yourself to talk like the Philistines? How dare we begin to talk amiss? If we must enjoy what God has for us in 2019, if we must come out of our fear, we must learn to speak our answer, speak what we want, and declare it and stay on it until God brings it to pass in the name of Jesus. There are different kinds of prayer that we pray. Prayer of appreciation, prayer of supplication, prayer of intercession, but one of the most potent ones is a prayer of declaration. The prayer of declaration. Where the king is, where the word of a king is, there is what? There is power. 
One of the most potent prayers you can pray is the prayer of declaration. Calling the things that be not as though they were. This is not a joke, friends. And it's not just something we preach about because we are obliged to preach. Back in the UK, you know, trying to get my family settled, we had a situation where my first daughter, they said to us there was no space in the school. And the people that were saying this thing, you know, we're talking about um, Trafford Council. We're not talking about some people you can call by the phone and say, I beg now, please. You know, in Nigeria, once you know somebody, somebody, you know, they say there are three people that leads you to the highest person. All that one does not work there. You can beg all you like. Once they tell you, sorry. That word, I don't even like hearing it. Once they say, sorry. There's nothing else you want to say. And so they said there was no space. And in the school we wanted my daughter to go to, they wrote us a long list of reasons why they will not admit her into that school. And here we are in a new system. On the right, we had Trafford Council. On the left, we had the school that said no. Trafford Council said there's nothing we can do. If the school says no, there's no space, there's nothing we can do. And I said, God, you are God anywhere and everywhere. Who is it that says and it cometh to pass when God has not commanded? And we began to declare that this school, you must take this girl. You must take this girl. You have no choice. In fact, they sent us the letter. Trafford Council sent us the letter and said, this is a letter. Read it. And if you think you want to appeal. And we said, of course, we are going to appeal. And so we went to court. Yes, everybody think, oh, everything was just fine and dandy and just, you know, rosy and all that. We went to court. And in court, we had travel council on the right and the school on the left. And they were bringing their reason. And I was just laughing. And I was just smiling. And I was looking and they were wondering, why is this guy smiling? I was smiling because you cannot say a thing and it comes to pass when Jehovah has not said it. If you say no and God says yes, that's the final answer. You know, my daughter at some point, she was worried that, you know, everybody was going to school. Her sister was going to school. You know, everybody was going to school. You know, what's going to happen to me in Nigeria? I was in school. I mean, how can I be here and I'm not in school? And time was ticking. I also thought, don't, don't worry, just calm down. God is going to do it in his time. And as we sat in council, in court, and as the school brought their reason, and travel council brought their reason, and we also brought our reason, backed by the Holy Ghost, not many days after, as Jehovah liveth, and as God had decreed, we got a letter instructing the school to take her immediately, unconditionally. There is a time when you are appealing. There is a time when you are decreeing. There is a time when you are begging. There is a time when you are supplicating. There's a time when you are decreeing, God, you are the one that said this. You are the one that decreed this. You told me this. And it must come to pass. No matter what they have said. Some people will say, ah, Trafford Council, Mugbe. You can't call nobody. They say there's no space, there's no space. Some people will read the letter from the school. Whose report shall we believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. And so in 2019, if you must enjoy the Lord your Ebenezer, if you want to crumble and crush those fears, you must learn to pray the prayer of declaration. I never fail every morning to rise up and start declaring. Declaring means that you are saying, as it is in heaven, so it shall be on the earth. Remember, the Bible says, whatever you bind on earth, that is the only thing heaven will bind. 
The problem is we are not binding. We are begging. You cannot be begging a stubborn situation. You need to declare the kingdom of God suffered violence. And the violence, if you don't learn to take it by force, some things will come and, you know, you just say, well, so-so. That's the way God wanted it. You know, we have many scriptures for everything. You know, it is well. In fact, that's the baseline. Once they say it is well, that's the end of all matters. Say, you know, who can challenge God? You know, really. You know, God is God. He can do anything. But he said, heaven is my throne. But this earth, I have given it to you, sons of men. Whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatsoever you decree, as you want it, so shall it be. The Lord will strengthen us in the name of Jesus. Whatever is too big for your mouth is too big or will be too big for your hand. If you are afraid to declare it, you cannot receive it. If it is too heavy in your mouth to declare it, you look at Trafford Council and you say, ah, they are too big. These giants are too big. Then you cannot receive it. You cannot walk into it. Some of us have shut down beautiful destinies. Why? Because we feared the giants. Why? Because the giants stood in front of us and they were bragging. And they were bragging. And we didn't know how to declare. And we just, you know, we just accepted the available. You know, some people say when the desirable is not available... Then the available becomes the desirable. But that is not the word of God. That can work with Michelangelo. It can work with people in the world. But we serve a God of covenant. He says, fear not, thou warm Jacob. Even if you think you are like a worm. And you have something as big as Trafford Council, you know, or bigger than that, or something even bigger than your mind, and you're wondering, ah, in this 2019, should I shut this dream and open in 2020 when the coast is clear? Should I pause? You know, let's be wise, oh. Should I just, you know, just be realistic with the economic times and just, you know, put this thing in the shelf? Then, when the atmosphere is you know, more palatable, more, you know, then I pull it out. But you know what? <laughs> In 2020, how do you know things are not going to get tougher? How do you know? So you keep shifting the glorious future, the beautiful destiny that God has already spoken into your life. But tonight, the Lord is delivering us in the name of Jesus. The proof of your faith is your declaration. If you are not speaking it, it means you are not believing it. What you declare boldly is what God confirms publicly. Say what you want to see, not what you see. Say what you want to see, not what you see. Don't repeat the facts. Declare the truth into your life. And the Lord will turn around our situation in the name of Jesus. The fifth thing we need to do is to keep acting our expectation. After declaration, you need to start acting your expectation. 
You can't want a job. You can't want a new thing, a new career. You, you want to do an MBA and all that, and you're trusting God for funds, but you're not researching the school. You're not doing nothing about it. You want to get married, and you're not making any preparation. And you say, well, when they call me, or when the thing happens, when I see the man, when he proposes to me, that's when I'll start acting. No! You will start acting your expectation. You will start walking like as though you already have it. And that's how heaven will know that, yes, you truly believe what you're saying. Some people say, ah, I'm healed in the name of Jesus. Where is that panado? I'm healed in the name of Jesus. Ah, okay, two tablets, money in the afternoon. Okay, ah, in the name of Jesus, I'm healed. Ah, thank you, Jesus. They drink water. I'm healed in the name of... You are just faking yourself. You don't believe what you are saying. Even you, you, if you say it to yourself, if you hide in a corner and say it, your shadow will laugh at you and say, ah, ah, how about you don't believe this thing. If you don't believe what you are saying, how can heaven believe what you are saying? You have to be convinced. No, it cannot happen to me. Why? Because the Lord says so. That's the way people like Joseph survived. There was nobody to encourage them, but there was something on his inside that kept him glued to what he saw. The moon and the sun, they bow down and they worship me. As surely as the Lord liveth, this thing is going to come to pass. And as long as he kept that vision alive, nobody could stop him from remaining in the position of trusting God. The Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. It is time for us to stop betraying our intercession with our disposition. Our behavior tells heaven how we are disposed. What do you do? After you have prayed, we prayed for the whole of January. What steps have you taken in the direction of everything you have been talking to God about? Wherever you have been rejected, it's time to go back. And the Lord will confirm his word after you in the name of Jesus. So before I go to the sixth and seventh, the first one is what? To be thankful. The second one is what? Be joyful. The third one is what? Be praiseful. The fourth one is what? Keep speaking the reality of your answer. Keep speaking the reality of your answer. Whether you have received it or not. Whether it has happened or not. Whether you have um, obtained it or not. Keep speaking it. Keep speaking it. Keep speaking it. Keep speaking it. Against all odds, keep speaking it and the Lord will bring it to pass in the name of Jesus. And the sixth one. Okay, the fifth one is keep acting your expectation. The sixth one is remain steadfast in kingdom stewardship. Remain steadfast in serving the Lord. Job chapter 36 verse 11. You know, some people... When they are going through stuff, that's where they are just so wimpy and so tired, so lethargic, and they're just not responding to anything. If they obey and serve him, if they obey and serve him, that is the equation. If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. 
Never get tired of serving God regardless of the situation. Never quit. Never look back when you have placed your hands on the, on the plow. Never turn back from, you know, just walking with the Lord. Serving the Lord. Doing that which you know how to do in the house of God. Outside the house of God. Everywhere you find yourself, keep serving the Lord. If they obey and serve me. Some people, they go through stuff and you stop seeing them. And then when you meet them, you ask them, ah, sister, what happened? Ah, if you know what I'm going through. Ah, if only you know what I'm dealing with. But that's a trick of the devil. To knock you out of position. And God is waiting for that equation. If they obey, and if they serve me. And Satan is saying, why would you serve him? Has he been faithful? Does it make sense? Why must you come for evangelism? After all, how many people come for evangelism? Why must you be the one in the department? Why must you be the one coming? Why, 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 why? Do you have the same destiny as the other person? You don't. Even if you are twins and you are ladies and you get pregnant, you cannot give birth for each other. Is it possible? No matter how identical you are, your destiny is different from the other destiny of the other person you're looking at. If they obey and serve me, never get to a point where you are tired of serving God. Where you are thinking of quitting to say, you know what, let me go and nurse my wounds. That's what Satan is waiting for. And when, when he's able to push you to a corner, you know, I've always said, even a lion, I got this, this wisdom from watching Lion King. Even a lion that strays alone in the midst of hyenas is at risk. Am I correct? No matter how strong you are, you are not built to be alone. It is not good that a man should be alone. It is not good. It is not good. It is not good. It is not good. That's why the Bible talks about the fellowship of the brethren. But when Satan pushes you to a corner and, and convinces you that what you are going through, you know, nobody understands. Look at them. Everybody's fine. Married with children, flying around. You know, they have a good job. Blah, blah, blah. You know, everything is fine. Look at them. Look at what they're wearing. Do you know what they're going through? You know, some people just look at some persons and they, they think that, you know, you've got everything covered. That's why you are smiling. You know, you see some people that are almost always smiling. And you think that because, you know, their bank accounts are full, everything is sorted, everything is, you know, you know, very, you know, greasy and everything is fine. That's why they're happy. But when you begin to hear what they are dealing with, but in spite of that, in spite of that, they are joyful and they are serving the Lord. Then you will know that, you know, kakino bileda. The Lord will strengthen us tonight in the name of Jesus. It is time for us to go back to our stewardship in Christ. If there's any place where you have dropped your commitment, say, ah, I won't do it again. No, 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 no. Ah, am, I the, am I the only one? Everybody is doing it this way and all that. No, you, are, you don't have the same destiny as they, are, as they have. And when God is ready to bless, he will single you out. 
Mary was not the only virgin in the time when Jesus, in the time of, I mean, in her generation. But God singled her out. Somebody's getting set for God singling out in the name of Jesus. If they obey and serve me, if they can obey and serve me, the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. The seventh one is refuse to stagger at the promise of the Lord. Refuse to stagger at the promise of the Lord. What does it mean to stagger? I didn't say swagger, stagger. What does it mean to stagger? Can anybody help us? While they're helping us, let's turn to Romans 4, 16 and James chapter 1, verse 6. What does it mean to stagger? Stagger. Ma? To be drunken. To be wavering. Not balanced. Today I believe, tomorrow I don't believe. So when you believe, what happens when you believe? Then what happens when you don't believe again? What, what triggers? What triggers the belief and the unbelief? Something triggers it. Can anybody help us? Pardon? Fear. Something happens that makes your heart jump, so you, you stagger. Unanswered prayer. You've been praying, 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 praying. God, am I the only one? Answer me, answer me, Jehovah. Then we stagger. What else makes us stagger? We're tired. Hope deferred. Make the heart sick. We're tired. What else? Doubt. Discouragement. Did Abraham stagger? Did Abraham stagger? Hmm. Romans chapter 4. Did Abraham stagger? We're not sure. His wife staggered. He accepted. Romans chapter 4. Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Next verse. Next verse. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations, in the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things that do not exist as though they did. Next verse. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, so shall your descendants be. Next verse. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Next verse. He did not waver. He did not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. So I'm going to ask that question again. Did Abraham stagger? Somebody should help us. If he staggered, how did he stagger? If he didn't stagger, how did he not stagger? No, you have to speak to the mic. Did he stagger? Okay, did he stagger? Can I see your hands up? Did he stagger? Did he stagger? 
Okay, he did not stagger. Can I see your hands up? Can I have one person he did not stagger and he staggered? Can you come forward, please? Yes, come forward. Did he stagger? Okay. He staggered initially. 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 But after but the re- verse 20 says he did not stagger. That was after the reassurance of the... Okay, after the reassurance. Uh-huh. Okay. Let us... Uh... Let us... Let us what? Let us read between the lines. Between the lines. Okay, so what you are saying is he staggered initially. Initially. Because he laughed. Because he laughed. Uh, no, was that laughed. He also laughed. Okay, he laughed. Uh, okay, so when he laughed, he staggered. He staggered. So we are not allowed to laugh. <laughs> At the... his, his laughter was scorn. Sarcastic. Okay, so that's how we say he, st- he staggered. He staggered. But Is that the only way he staggered? Yes. How else did he stagger? Okay, he took... Eh? Please, want to hear from the... Praise the Lord. Why, why, why does he have to sleep with Eger? Why did he have to sleep, sleep with, with Eger? Yes. So that was where he staggered. Yes. Do we agree he staggered there? Yes. If he, even if his wife is giving him, he will say, I know what God has told me. I will not do anything with her. I will stay. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. He did not stagger. Can I see your hands up? Okay. Brother Mitchell. How did he not stagger? For me, all that has happened because up until Genesis 17, where God, where God told him, walk thou before me, and be thou perfect. And so for me, Abraham did not stagger at the promise of God. There's a difference between uh, the laughter of Sarah and that of, I mean, that of Abraham. That of Sarah was doubtful. But for me, that of Abraham was not Okay. He was not. So, so you're saying that Abraham did Abraham not stagger. Did not stagger. Why? Because God has spoken to him. If he did, if he did it, it will not be written in the, the scripture. Okay, God had said afterwards that walk before me and be and thou be perfect. perfect yes. Was that before or after the incident? After the issue of Ishmael. Remember he had had Ishmael before now. Okay, so now what happened before then? Before then. No, how did God look at the precedent? What had happened before then? For me, it did not stagger, sir. Praise the Lord. Any other person we need to bring? Say, okay, start Kemi. Abraham did. But I think the difference is God counted unto him compared to Sarah. But I did not stagger, it did. If we go back to our Bible passage and read Genesis, it did. But God counted, the first time God told him to leave his father and mother, and God counted unto him. Does not mean that I did not. God just didn't count whenever I staggered. God didn't count it against him. But I did not stagger, I did, sir. Okay. So, we're stating that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay. So, the Bible says that he did not waver the promise of God. That's why we're saying he did not stagger. Okay. Another particular example is now, okay. Jesus, um, God said, I afford no iniquity in Jacob. As in, Jacob has done nothing wrong, so no cause can catch him. But we know the story of Jacob. I think that Jacob was a very corny man. If he's... If you look at it from the literal meaning, iniquity was found in Jacob, but God chose not to look at the iniquity. God chose not to see it. So even this one, he staggered, literally. 
But God just chose not to sit and cut it up as righteousness. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The Lord will help us not to stagger in the name of Jesus. Somebody has a final thing to say? We need to bring this to a close. You have a question or addition? Um, I was just going to say that if somebody said um, we should read in between the lines, I'm all for that, but if we read in between the lines scripturally, we'll get a lot of things wrong. Like we'll twist the Bible. If the Bible says he did not waver, then he did not stagger. Because those days, it was quite acceptable to have more than one wife. And you know how we women can be. When you want something, just because you want to cover, you want to take um, focus away from you. You want to distract every other person so they will not pin the barrenness on you. You want to just confuse people and make them feel like, okay, my husband has another child or something. So personally, I would just say that if the scripture says he did not stagger, then he did not stagger. Okay, praise the Lord. Thank you for your response. Now, in closing, the Bible says that Abraham did not stagger. He did not waver. At what? The promise of God through unbelief. Right? But was strengthened in faith. Faith. Giving glory to God. Now, courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is in spite of the fear. Now, I'm not going to legalize what Abraham did, or we're not going to try and shove it down somewhere to pretend like nothing ever happened. Abraham made a mistake. Abraham listened to his wife, like Adam listened to Eve. And the Bible says, it was not Adam that disobeyed. Even though he ate of the, of the fruits of the tree, it was Eve that disobeyed. But he could not see himself. He could not see the wife falling off from grace and he on the other side. And so he decided to join her. Now, Abraham... Unfortunately, bowed to pressure. But the Bible is saying, did not mean that he did not believe God. He only succumbed to Sarah's pressure. Because Sarah was like, sleep with her, sleep with her, sleep with her. It is not an excuse for any man to do anything because someone is pressuring you. And in those days, there were no laws like that to say, oh, one man, one wife and all that. And so, you have Jacob and the rest of them. I had many wives and the rest of them. But Abraham did not distrust God. At the point where God told him to take Isaac and offer Isaac, the Bible says he believed that there was a power called resurrection. That even after he killed this boy, the power of resurrection was going to bring him to life. And so, Abraham did not stagger at God's promise. He did not disbelieve it. 
He only called to the pressure of Sarah, unfortunately. The Bible says all things are written for our learning. So what the Bible is also saying is we don't have to either follow a multitude to do evil or bow down to pressure because there is the after effect. All things are written for our learning. So God is not condoning what Abraham did, but he's trying to tell us that Abraham by himself did not lose faith in God. And so if we must experience Jehovah our Ebenezer, we must not bow down or, you know, accept the pressure, external pressure coming from out there. Because even after we, we repent and we come back to God, there is a consequence. We are living today with the consequence of what Abraham did. And so what God is trying to tell us this evening, he's saying, fear not, thou warm Jacob, regardless of the state you find yourself, even if your faith level is so low, you consider yourself as a worm. Even though your, your, your faith level is, is abysmal, you can't even boast about it. God said, don't worry, I'm going to help you. When, when Peter was, was going to sink, what did he do? He cried out to Jesus. And what did Jesus do? Jesus didn't say, oh, that foolish, foolish, uh, how long shall I be with you? Sink. No. He reached out and he caught him. The hand that is shown in that picture there might be somebody's hand here tonight. And you're reaching out from deep inside. Nobody can see what you're reaching out to God for. Nobody can see what you're actually yearning to God for. But you're yearning to God. You're asking God, say, God, help me. And God is saying, I'm here to help you. And you're saying to, to, to yourself, I'm, but I'm but a worm. I'm the, I'm the last of my fathers, you know. Uh, my, my, my generation, my, my brethren, these were the least of the least of the least. And God said, don't worry. You are a mighty man of valor. I will, I will help you. I will not only help you. I will make you a new sharp threshing instrument. Having what? Having teeth. You will beat the mountains. You will beat them small. You will beat the hills like chaff and the whirlwind will blow them away. He says, from the high places, I will cause rivers to flow. He says, from the valley, when the people are groaning, I will cause fountains to, to come forth. He says, when everybody's saying that, ah, Nigeria is a wilderness, Nigeria is a wilderness, God will give you supernatural ideas that pools will come up from nowhere in the midst of a wilderness. When the people shall say there is a falling, you will say there is a rising because you know in your heart that you serve a God called Jehovah Ebenezer, the Lord our helper. He is a present help to those who seek him, who look for him, who latch onto him, who reach forth to him. And so tonight, I just want us to rise up and just talk to God. If God has ministered to you tonight, there is a way we must position ourselves. He's a God of principle. He's not the God you can just say jaga, 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 and things will just... No! We must follow the principle of heaven. I don't know what it is that you're looking up to God for. The things you wrote on that list that were, you know, burdensome to you. Maybe you want to flash through those lists again now with a different mindset. There are certain things you need to declare. You need to be joyful. You need to be praiseful. You need to stand your ground. Never wavering. Never shaking. Tonight is the night where God is saying, I want to help you. I will help you. 
There's help here tonight. There's grace here tonight. For as many who are willing to drink from the fountain of God. There's grace here tonight. There is grace here tonight. Reach forth your heart and take it. Let the confession of your mouth be in unison with your heart. Let your mouth speak what your heart is saying. And let your heart grasp the word of God. He is a faithful God. He is a God of covenant. Who is he that saith and in command to pass? When God has not commanded. Whose report shall we believe? Whatever report it is. If it is not favorable to you. It is not the report of the Lord. We shall believe the report of the Lord. He is Jehovah our Ebenezer. Fear not, warm Jacob. Don't be afraid of 2019. I have gone ahead of you. I'm going to help you through every month of 2019. I will bring forth strings from the high places. That's what he says. I will make a way even when people don't see a way. I will give you, I will give you divine ideas. Supernatural ideas. I will put my word on your inside that will help you resist what is on the outside. We have not because we ask not. We ask and have not because we ask amiss. What you are saying, do you truly believe it? Or are you just praying because we have to pray? The Lord is present here this evening. To help us. He says I will help you. He is our helper. He is our Jehovah Ebenezer. He's here to help us. He says I am your redeemer. That is my name. I am your redeemer. In any place where you are afraid. Don't worry I've got your back. You feel like a worm. I'm here to strengthen you. You feel like a worm. Undeserving. He says, I'm here to make you a new sharp threshing instrument having teeth. I want to give you a new story. Tonight, somebody's destiny is rising up with the wings like eagles. Tonight, the Lord is restoring dreams that have been thrown away. Dreams that have been buried, archived into nothingness. The Lord is bringing them forth and saying, you can do it. Go in this thy might. For I am with you. I am your God. Fear not, thou warm Jacob. That thing that I've put in your heart, you can do it. Yes, you can do it. Not in 2020. In 2019, you can do it. Stop negotiating with the devil. Speak the word. Stop negotiating with bad news. Speak the word. Stand your ground. Stop giving territory to the devil. Reclaim your ground. Reclaim your ground tonight. Reclaim your ground. Any territory that we have given up to the devil. Every territory we have ceded to the devil. We're taking it back tonight in the name of Jesus. Every place that we have allowed the enemy to take from our lives. We're taking it back. Under this unction. Under this anointing. We're taking it back. In the name of Jesus. The Lord is faithful. 
The Lord is faithful. The Lord is faithful. He is a great God. He is a God of covenant. I know the thoughts that I have towards you, thoughts of peace and not thoughts of evil to bring you to your place of glory, to your expected end. Stop looking at the economics. Start looking at God's word. Stop looking at the signs. Start looking at God. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. I want us to lift up our hands to heaven. And one more time, we just say, God, we can't do it all by ourselves, Lord. I have no strength of my own, oh God. I have no power of my own, oh God. Help me, Lord, in 2019, Lord. I don't know what is coming, but I know him who holds my hands. I don't know what's going to come. I don't know what's going to hit the nation, but I know him who holds my hands. I know him who holds tomorrow. Lord, I am weak and tired. I'm frustrated, Lord. I'm at the end of my wits. I've tried so many things. Help me, Lord. But I, I am but a worm. My strength is like a worm. Help me, Lord. I draw strength from your throne this evening. I draw strength from your throne this evening. I'm living here strengthening in the name of Jesus. I'm living here strengthening in the name of Jesus. Enough of sweet faith. Enough of speaking negatively. I rise up tonight, oh God. I take my destiny in my hands, Lord. And I hand it unto you. No, Lord. Knowing, Lord, that you've got my back, oh God. You are Jehovah, my Ebenezer. You are my helper, Lord. Tonight, I receive strength from above. Tonight, you're making me a new, instrument, having teeth. Everything that's confronted me hitherto, tonight, is bowing under my feet. Tonight, I take back
thinking he never fails, he never changes, he's always there. I will sing to the one who got my back. I will sing to the one who reigns on high. I will sing to the everlasting King. He never fails. He never fails. He's always there. Father, we thank you this evening. We know you're always there. Tonight, we've come to pour out our hearts before you, O God. We have come just as we are, O God. Lord, we may be tired. We may feel like warm, O God. We may feel incapable in the areas where we have failed, in the areas where we have fallen, in the areas where we have fallen short, O God. But we come before you, Jehovah, our helper. You said, fear not, warm Jacob. I will help you. Tonight, we come to receive your divine help, O God. We come to receive your divine help, O God. In all the areas we have written down. And the areas where we are even ashamed to share about. Or we are too scared to talk about. Or we are too, you know, despondent to even, even think about. We receive strength in those areas in the name of Jesus. Your word says that through faith, some people went from weakness into strength. Tonight, everybody living this place is living strengthened in their hearts in the name of Jesus. We rebuke the spirit of fear. We rebuke the spirit of fear. The spirit of bondage to fear comes under our feet tonight in the name of Jesus. The strength to be in alignment with your word. The strength to be in alignment with your principle. Grant us in the name of Jesus. Lord, these seven keys that we have received tonight. Lord, as we engage these seven keys. May the land be subdued before us in the name of Jesus. May the land be subdued before us in the name of Jesus. May we enter into a new realm of glory and dominion in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because no answered. We live here hopeful. We live here strengthened. We live here fortified. We live here knowing that he who holds the world holds us together in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the assurance in your word. That there is no one that says a thing and it comes to pass unless you have commanded it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord.